cliffcentral.com. Mark Ronson and the business featuring Boy George. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, baby. That's how you start a Friday, man. That's how you do it, right? That's, it's like, it's all love. Everywhere. It's just power, man. Oh, what a jam. What a jam. I couldn't have started the show any better. I'm sorry. People didn't understand what the f- what was going on. Right? <laughs> In the beginning, they were like, Palisa, Palisa looked at me. He's like, hey, hey, Jack, what's that? Sorry, what is that? Ah, it's Mark Ronson in the business. That's what it is. Uh, such a dope way to kick off the show. Welcome to it. It is 20-something right here on Clip Central. My name is just another cool kid, or Jack for short. I am joined by my love monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I, I told you monkey was appropriate for you guys. But uh, it is uh, Londi Sam. I still think Lundi's is better. Just Londi. Yeah. You no, think she said loonies. Loonies. Yeah. Oh, I I thought you said Londies is better. Sorry. Y'all like crazy. Oh, okay. I think we'll we'll keep it well loonies, monkeys, it's fine with me. Uh Nelvin Given is also in the building. How you doing, my brother? Hey man, I'm so mellow. I'm so easy. Actually. You're chill. I'm in another planet. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've I've been trying I'm, to find you. I don't know what's going on. Okay. Over the last 24 hours, I've just been like, whoa. <laughs> Look at my life. <laughs> Did the you, whole time. Uh, uh, can we blame it on, on uh, some herbal treatments you might have gotten at some point in time? I did go to the pharmacy to go see my herbalist. Oh, and, okay. um, the what, was, what I was provided with is of a superior and stratospheric quality, my friend. Do you know, that, that, that for me puts a smile on my face. Yeah. I, I, I love it when, when the pharmacy works with you. Instead of against you, you know what I mean? I, I don't want to hear about any weird side effects. I'm not so sure, hey? You're not? I'm not so sure. Uh, well, he, he's, he seems to be okay. I think, I think seems. so. Seems. Yeah, well, he's, he's no more crazy than he usually is. So I, <laughs> I think okay. we, we're safe. If you say so. I think we're safe. Sometimes the side effects can be external. You know, they're not internally of nature in terms of uh, you taking your herbs. Oh, okay. Because uh, this happened in New Hampshire, two mm-hmm. employees of a fast food joint franchise okay. were distributing their herbs okay. through the franchise. Ah, maybe I should get a job at Devonis. <laughs> Actually, I want to ask you, which one do you think? It's not, it's not from here. It's not a local one. It's okay. overseas. So yeah. which fast food franchise do you think has such employees? Um, I think I, I, I would... Uh, I would go with Devonese, actually. <laughs> Seriously, I would go with Devonese. Uh, they'd give me that bike of theirs. And if the pizza is not hot, you also get your herbs for free. <laughs> <laughs> I think as I long think. as they deliver. Yeah. As long as they can actually deliver from home, then, I mean, why not push your secret mission? <laughs> so what they were doing was, right, uh, they were selling, well, it was coming with a meal, obviously. Make it look legit Alright uh, They put the herbs In a coffee cup ah. So If you want some herbs You would get to the window And say uh, Can I have Extra fries Ah Okay That's a cool code name uh, If I worked at Devonez Delivering my pizza And my herbs I would say Do you want extra cheese <laughs> You know what I mean I, I could hook you up With some extra cheese Or uh, Maybe work for Roman's pizza And say Do you want the thick base <laughs> or the thin, or base. thin base You know what I mean I, I, I swear I'd be delivering thick base all the time All the time, all day, all week man. Uh, well, it's, it's, it's one of It's just, I think that that was a genius way of doing it uh, It's unfortunate that they got caught You know But it, them being caught gave us something to talk about So I guess, shout out to them This was in New Hampshire, you say uh, New Hampshire, yeah That's what happened. And it's not legal there So you know, they got arrested for possession, distribution uh, Blah, 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 blah You know, the, 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 the legal setup in, in America is so weird to me Like federal governments It's, it's weird Like yeah. each state has its own kind of legislature And all of that stuff But then you've got the government on top But I guess it's... it's um, it saves America in a sense when you've got idiot presidents like Donald Trump. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it would be down to the individual states themselves yeah, yeah. to actually to govern themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, if you've got an idiot for a president, govern yourself. 
did you know that we have a doomsday clock? There's a doomsday Oh, God. Okay. There are, a, the <laughs> there are a bunch of scientists out there that have created this thing, and it exists somewhere out there in the world. Okay. And what they've done is, because there is an idiot president somewhere in the world. You're right. America. <laughs> <laughs> cough, cough. Uh, so now they've gone ahead and uh, set it two and a half minutes to midnight, meaning that we are now closer to, to doomsday. doomsday. Do you know what? I, I, there's, there's this show that, that um, I, I used to watch purely for... You know, for laughter. Like, I love laughing at idiots. Uh, Doomsday Preppers. Have you ever seen that? Uh, I think it's on National Geographic or something like that. Like, these people dig trenches and they hide weaponry and all of this stuff and food and whatnot. Mm. Waiting for the day shit goes to hell. You know what I mean? And for me, I don't know. There's there's just something about the human spirit spirit that tells me that we're not going to all be wiped out all at the same time. And on top of that, here's the one question I've always asked people is, let's just say, for argument's sake, tomorrow is literally the last day on earth. Like, everything comes to an end. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So what? Oh, You predicted that on the 12th of October, 2017, the world's going to perish and the universe is going to disappear. What are you going to do about it? But then what? You know what I mean? Yeah. You... It's 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 pointless. I feel like that is such a waste of time, even discussing it. We feel much better as human beings when we are ready, even if it's for death. My problem is here. You know, be ready for death though. My thing is like, from from what I've gathered about death since I've been alive, yeah. is that <laughs> there's nothing that dead people do. You get what I'm saying? Like, when it happens. If some apocalyptic event happens, like let's say the earth turns into a supernova and it explodes, no one will see it coming. And once it happens, there's nothing you can do about it. So why are you prepping for doomsday? Why do you have a clock? Like that clock is going to disappear with you anyway. (laughs) Speaking of death, I've been asking myself one question over and over again. Okay. I... When someone dies, when when a human being dies, when your body decides that no, this is it. Yeah, we've had enough. System, yeah, no, it's okay now. We're shutting down. I'm literally shutting down. I I always wonder what happens when when your 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 body, your mind, and your heart and all your organs are, are communicating that listen, this is know, it. Do you know? Scientists, I always wonder. Scientists apparently, uh, like you know, when when. Um, there's some people that have been clinically dead for a couple of seconds and then they're brought yeah. back, right? Yeah. And some of them have given accounts of seeing things, like they saw something, they saw a light or whatever. Do you believe that though? Uh, apparently it's just how you, you know, the body breaks down. You know what I mean? Like I, when you are in the process of dying, um, all of the chemical imbalances and whatnot, when you're body finally gives out yeah. all of those things must send weird messages to your body but when when does it decide that you're dying now no 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 you're not dying now you just you just fell and you're just gonna recover you know, I, in a couple of seconds like when does your body do that like when does Lundi. it decide Lundi. Lundi, I'm sorry I'm not a scientist I've never died is before. it a scientifical thing or it's a natural thing that's I, another thing it, it's I mean then we're gonna now jump into a different argument like what is science and what is what natural is you know nature, what I mean yeah it's 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 one of those things that you'll find out when you find out the problem is you won't be able to tell us about it I think I think if not all of us some of us have actually experienced what happens when you're about to die uh, no no. <laughs> no. Jack, listen, there's no. that moment, you see when you're taking a nap during the day? Okay. And then there's that moment where you, you don't know, like you, you want to wake up, but you can't wake up, like that that moment. I don't no. know, what what do you call that? Yes, I, I don't know what they call that. But, for but the I think that's, I personally think that's how you feel when you're about to die. No. Because you're trying to hold on to something no. and you can't. Okay, no. Wait. <laughs> wait. No. All right, stop it. No. We're messing with Jack's mind. No. I know what I, I've decided on the face that I'm going to use when I die. You know, like those dramatic... <laughs> yeah, no, I think I've got a face in mind. Okay. It's going to be my comfort. Oh, no, no, no. My sex face. Okay, your sex if face. If I make it a comfort face, I won't get sex. Basically, my, se- my I want sex face. Yeah. So that it doesn't look like I'm dead. It looks like I want some sex. Oh. Yeah. All right. 
Well, well, you. Be, okay, uh, yeah, but you know, anyway. I'll look good. I'll look, oh. No, <laughs> Nero wants to leave something for necrophiliacs, man. Oh. <laughs> I've got a chance in the next life, people. Oh. Hey, I don't know. I don't know. Look, what if, another thing. What, what if Michelle it? Obama is into like necrophilia? <laughs> necrophilia? She's like, yes, boy, get it. <laughs> get it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess I guess you'll give her a stiff one. But yeah. anyway. Oh wow. <laughs> we'll 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 leave that one alone. We'll leave that one alone. Um can we just talk about some of the sporting events that have been happening over the past week? Like I have had a ball this past week as far as sports is concerned, okay? The prospect of a Nadal Federer mm. final. Mm. It's it's it could happen. I actually wanted to check what's going on right now because the Nadal is playing uh What's his name? Dimitrov. Uh, yes. Yeah, Dimitri, whatever. Like That you know, Russian name that we all pretend we can pronounce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nailed it. Kalichnikov. Yeah, Dimitrov. Yeah. Uh they they're playing together. I honestly I'm rooting for Nadal because I want to see a Federer and Nadal final. Yeah. We haven't seen one in a couple of years and it'll be nice to check that out. Um other things. I think Rafa Nadal is growing into his Afrikaans poor face. Right? He looks so old, people. And and his hair is thinning. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. Like, when we it's met changed. Nadal, he had, like, hair. You know you know the statue of David? He had hair like the statue of David. Yeah. Now he looks, I don't know, like, which David? Like a prune, just... bruh. He looks so old and wrinkled. It's like, what is going on, bro? Biltong vibes. Biltong. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay, but that, that happened. Um, India and England... Uh, as far as the ODI series is, is concerned, uh, India got you know, they got beaten by five yeah. runs, man. Yep. Did you see that? Um, that that was a really good game to watch. Uh, that was really interesting. Uh, South Africa, as far as the T20 is concerned, hmm. <laughs> wow. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. There's there's an ODI uh, series coming up. That will be interesting to watch as well. Uh, but. Uh, I'm I'm very happy with the sports that's that's been happening. It's it's been very very interesting. Uh, the Egypt Ghana game. I was about to ask you what's going on with Fcon. Fcon. The Egypt Ghana game really was was not... was really was really interesting to watch. I think the quarterfinals are going to be very interesting at this point. I, I I can't stand group stages, no matter what it is, whether it was World Cup. Yeah. Whatever. We don't care. Okay. We want to get to the business end. Like let's let's knock people out now. Like. No one remembers having a starter like oh, the starter was too <laughs> joyful. Yeah, hey? seriously, oh. we want the main course now. It's you, about time. You South Africans, you're very funny, How? you men, because you're watching the Afcon and you're making your women suffer because generations is at the same time or some shit. They like actually that. had to move generations it, to, to, to SABC two. Yeah. yeah, but still, it doesn't make sense if it's a household with only one TV. One TV. Yeah. Oh well, if What's there's the only point? one TV, I'm sort of baby, but I'm watching the sports. Forget it. Yeah, it's been interesting to find that there are South Africans watching AFCON even though Bafana aren't participating. I think for me that's been no, pretty it's friends the of truth, Zimbabwe. The truth is, here's here's the truth. No one in South Africa has ever watched the African Cup of Nations for South Africa. Let's <laughs> let's tell the truth. Seriously? I mean, if you look at the track record of South Africa at AFCON, we won in 1996. We lost in the finals, I think, in 1997 or 99. I'm not sure. But Every subsequent um, tournament, we just lose in the next round. Like so, we went from the fight. We went from winning it, losing in the final, getting knocked out in the semis, getting knocked out in the quarters. And at some point, we went there. We had no goals and no points. So I don't think we watch Fcon for South Africa. We don't. It's actually pointless. It really is. It really is. All right, so uh, we're actually going to jump into what we, you know, mainly want to discuss today. We are joined by two very interesting gentlemen. Uh, one of them has got a fantastic beard. Let me just start off by saying that. Yeah. Really, really well-groomed beard, man. Hey, K. Hey. 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 <laughs> Friend, you still have a long way to go. Hey. <laughs> you, you, no, you'll, you'll get, get there. there. You'll get there. <laughs> you'll get there. Don't worry. Keep pushing, son. Now I feel like the special child in the class. <laughs> Not a good feeling. <laughs> All right. So uh, instead of trying to introduce them in, in, in a way that, that would be dope uh, or us trying to be creative or whatnot, have, have a listen to this and uh, you'll then understand what it is we're actually going to be talking about.
Hans jävla hand tror jag. Men det är det, kom dig direkt. Was she singing in her mood? I found this. Things just got really dramatic in the studio. This year, coming to a cinema near you. <laughs> um, that was the audio trailer for a movie called The Hangman and uh, we're joined by basically the people that made it happen you know what I mean uh, two great individuals uh, we're joined by Kiran and Teboho how you guys doing brothers fantastic thank you for thank you for having us today my brother yeah for sure for sure um, let, me, let, me, let me just get this out of the way as a disclaimer me and Kiran used to go to the same high school we went to the same high school uh, come on the Reds Go school Go school Name dropping um, I'm, sh- I'm sure Any of the people That are from kids That are listening right now are Like ah You see these kids boys They're doing the most man <laughs> They are doing the most um, So gents uh, let's, let's, let's start In the beginning man how, how did you guys even Begin thinking about Being part of the film industry Like before we get to the movie We're going to get to the movie In a little bit But I want to find out About the individuals Behind the movie I started I'm in mean, high school Yeah I was those kids In fact We much I ever had In fact I won For sure Been turned the stage You know I was always um, Performing on stage Writing plays You know We perform everywhere man. We won lots of awards And that's why I realized That I need to be In the film industry You know Yeah um, How I knew about Evda I was, I was performing at Vets And one of the Someone in the audience Like hey man You're a good performer I think you should Go to Evda You know Yeah I got there Hey school fees Was hectic But I spoke I spoke to the parents You know I'm like look I love acting You know That's what I want to do You know And I mean Taking pictures Has always been there You know I mean I showed my parents Wedding You know Ah. So as a child You know So the the camera part of it Has always been there Went to Evda First year Did acting Then I'm like I don't think They can teach me much You know Yeah Let me just follow Camera You know and here we are today. Yeah. All right. You you didn't do anything acting wise in high school. No. I, I know no. No. I I didn't do anything acting wise but one, one thing I did realize in high school cuz I really didn't know what it is I wanted to pursue after high school. I sort of just went with the idea that I enjoyed interpreting stories for people or taking people's stories and adapting them. Um and, and, and I, I suppose I just went with that and I just really had an inkling towards wanting to work with groups of people to create something. And filmmaking and storytelling does exactly that. And I think that's, that's why I went, went to go and study it after I started writing and directing. That's really cool. Um, let me ask. I know this is a very difficult question to ask because, sure. I mean, I mean to answer rather because I, I can't answer it either. Um, your favorite movies? Ah, Gladiator, man. Gladiator. No, no yeah. debate. Oh. Okay. Woo. Same time. That was easy. <laughs> All right. That was quick. <laughs> that I mean, was very quick. It's I, easy. I find it difficult to pick just one. You know what I mean? It's but so hard. It is. I think it's the one that moves you. I think my my favorite film has to be The Departed. Ah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Nice. All right. So I actually got some answers. Who yeah. would have thunk it? You know. Who would have thunk it, man? <laughs> uh, so, like, the process of, you know, once once you're done with school and you've got this degree now, you are officially a, a film person now. You are inside the industry. How How difficult is it making the transition from student to actually putting something like The Hangman together? I mean... I mean, what are the bounds of what we can speak about on the show? Like, no, go crazy. Go crazy. Say whatever you want. This is the one place you can speak your mind, truly. Coming coming out of film school, I'll say this much. You ain't shit. 
Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what I came to realize. You think you know everything, but you actually have no clue. Okay. Um, and I think it's all about trial and error. At the end of the day, nothing, no, no, nothing, nothing tops experience. So coming out of film school is really just about humbling yourself and trying to learn and grab from as many people who have been doing it. By the by, the mere fact that you're younger than them, I'll tell you this much: you have a very distinct advantage over them in your youth because your mind thinks very differently. For sure, the sort of technology you have is is very different, and I think it's it's literally just about getting as much experience and and and, and connecting yourself to as many people as possible. So networking is very 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 important. Yeah. All right. So so I mean, it's like um, essentially walking out of school and. Trying to find your way, whatever that might be. Yeah, man. I mean, when I finished, I, I mean, as, as a professional, I'm a cinematographer, you know. Yeah. So I thought I could shoot, man. I went on set. I'm like, ah, hey, man, I'm the shit, man. I can do anything, you know. Uh, the first two years, my man, I was bashing cables, man. Yeah. I had to do it, you know. I became the most consistent camera assistant ever, man. You know, I was on time. You know, and after said, I would sit at the DOP or the cinematographer just for him to teach me more things. You know, yeah. so after two, a year, I think a year and a half, I was like, now I'm sure I can shoot anything. That's really dope. That's really dope. Um, as far as tribal media is concerned, um, you guys actually have a company, uh, and I would assume it's it's all about making movies. It's all about putting things that people can watch together. Um, how did that come together? How how did when when did the inspiration hit you to, you know, instead of trying to join a company, make one your own? Um, we re- I registered the company in 2010 yeah. while I was still in third year. You know, because I come from a business background. My dad is, has businesses, so it was like natural for me to do yeah. that. You know, and uh, I mean, the first phase of it, we were doing lots of music videos. You know, just to get into the industry. And there's no power for you. So I read any music video. Yeah. And you realize that that stuff is not profitable at all. And unless you do like five a day, then maybe you can make some money. You know? Yeah. And Kiran worked for a company called Mannequin Pictures. Yeah. And uh, I used to freelance for Mannequin Pictures. He was the production manager there. You know. So I'm. I mean, I knew him from Evda. So whenever we on set, we'd speak that, "Hey man, you need to quit, man." You know, you need to quit and let's start this thing, you know, because I was freelancing a lot as a, as a cinematographer because I didn't have time for the business, you know. Yeah. And when he left in 2013, we're like, you know what, let's quit everything. Let's, let's push it. All right, that's really cool. I mean, it's, it's brave as well. Like, I mean, considering how, I, I wouldn't say difficult, but like how intricate uh, uh, the entertainment industry can be sometimes, not knowing which door you're allowed to knock on, which... Who are you allowed to approach and all of that stuff? I, I think it would be a very brave decision for you guys to just decide to put yeah. together a company like that. It is. And we always say this with Kiran, you know, business people are, are people that see a problem in society. You yeah. know? So we always saw a problem in the industry, you know, mainly transformation, you know, that black people are just not good enough to make it in the industry. You know? So that was a problem for us. And for us to change that, we had to own something. Yeah, you know, as a producer or a cinematographer on your own, you can't do much. You know, all you're changing is a picture. But once you own something, you change society. You know, you change perceptions about a certain culture or race group. You know, so we saw a problem and we became the solution to the problem. We always talk about as as Africans and maybe more so as South Africans that we have a whole lot of stories, phenomenal stories, to tell. But it seems as though those stories aren't being told or the way that they're being told isn't in a creative or attractive enough manner. Like it, it doesn't have roots. Like it's not... It's, it's not, not founded in, in, in honesty and in... Yeah. And, and I'll tell you this much. I think people will tell you what it is that they want to watch. You just have to listen into what it is that they sing on the ground. And I think as... as as, as important as our role is as, as, as artists or television producers or filmmakers to put your ideas on a piece of paper, I think it's really important for you to listen to your consumer at the end of the day. It's, it's your livelihood. Um, and I think that at the end of the day, a big part of what we, we're doing with, I think we're going to speak about the hangman soon, is, is, is trying to create a research model so that we can take a film to the people on the ground to get their insights on what it is that they want to hear and how we can best represent it authentically for them to enjoy it when they consume it. Um, is there a problem with the way that we're telling stories or our stories are being told? Because I look a lot of the times and 
it seems though people are living the same, or a lot of the writers or a lot of the the things that we see are reproduced. Like it's there are different elements to the hangman, the way the way it, the time where it's based. Mm. But to tell a story that isn't that, like it's, it wasn't that that was part of it, but that's not the story. Mm. It seems as though those stories are being overlooked. Is there a problem with the way that uh, our stories are told? I, I, I don't think there's a problem with the way we're telling our stories. I just think that at the end of the day, we are we're we're not limited we're not limiting ourselves to the stories that we can tell. But I think what we don't have the ability to do is to be bold enough and to be brave enough to tell the stories that we want to tell. Um, and, and and that's that's only because we're, we we consume a lot of Western media, so our ideas are always influenced by that. And we can go really deep and speak about it being a, 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 a lack of an African spirituality or, or something that we've lost. And, and, and I suppose that's, that's, that's part of our jobs as, as filmmakers and artists to interrogate that a little bit more. Yeah, no, definitely. You're um, right, man. If you, I mean, if you look at how the French cinema started, the German cinema started, they were not consuming anything else out of the German uh, country, you know, nothing at all, you know, because they really want to, to understand what is it that they want as a people, you know. So the, and what Kiran is saying is right. We, we, our consumption is not Africa, you know, it's not anything African, you know. So innately, in whatever you're gonna do, you're gonna steal something from a movie that's outside of of of, of, of uh, Africa, you know. So the best way to do it is there's many ways to do it, you know. Uh, make GSTV 80% local. Makes the clinical new metro 80% local. Yeah. You know, then maybe. I mean, it's, it's not the only solution, but it's some of the solutions that you can bring it to the table. You yeah. know? I mean, you consume a lot of Western stuff, so that becomes difficult for us to tell our own stories you know, and people to consume it. I mean, if there's a movie that's The Hangman and there's a Transformer releasing on the same day, my brother, please believe you're going to watch Transformer because mm. there's a billboard, make these toys, the Transformer. Everywhere you go, it is that, you know. So we need to change the system in itself, you know, not just a piece of it, but the whole 360. Looking at it holistically speaking. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. All right, listen, uh, if you guys want to be part of the conversation, you can uh, actually send us uh, your WhatsApp messages on 079-748-2090. That's 079-748-2090. Uh, send us a tweet at cliffcentral.com. At JNJ, uh, JNG <laughs> underscore live. Like, I can never get it right. <laughs> I can never get it right. Send us your tweets and uh, your thoughts, man. It'll be uh, really interesting to hear what you guys have to say. We're uh, hanging out with Kiran Penels as well as Tebo Hokibini uh, in the studio. I, I, I don't know. Did, did I say it wrong? Kibine. Kibine. Yeah. There you go. Sorry. Sorry. I, I mean, ask his. Ask our high school. I was Kibine. Kibine. Oh, yeah. oh. oh. All right. Okay. So we chill with the Kibine and pedals in the studio. Oh, let's go. <laughs> yeah, man. So uh, send those messages through. We'd really like to hear some of your thoughts uh, as far as the South African film industry is concerned. I mean, there's everyone should have an opinion about this, mm-hmm. I feel, because we all consume, you know, these these products that people put out mm-hmm. um, Tribal House Media Is your company, right? And uh, you guys are essentially behind The movie The Hangman, right? Let's, let's, let's get into the movie Why did you guys choose to tell This specific story? I think uh, we've, we've spoken about it a little bit And uh, just before we came on With you guys in that we, we wanted to place a story that speaks about how secrets have the idea or secrets have the ability to destroy families or relationships in general uh, and we also feel like not enough stories about our past have been told so so we situated this narrative within the apartheid regi- uh, regime so the, the, the story is basically about how a family secret destroys a son's love for his father and his journey towards finding out the truth about why his father left 15 years ago when his father arrives at the gallows prison to hang in seven days and this is a prison where he works at as a prison warder uh, and that's basically what the story is about in a nutshell um, and the reason why we decided to to tell it like that that's really cool man mm-hmm. um, you know there's a lot of people as, as Neo was saying there's, there's a lot of people that have a problem with how our stories are told and furthermore I feel like there's there's um, there's a bit of a a, a a tendency of thinking apartheid movie, movies are just about, about apartheid. And, and 
what I get from the things that you guys have sent me sent through to us is you guys aren't necessarily focusing on the error. At, at which point the, mo- uh, the, the the story takes part You're looking at the individuals Within a specific time in the country Yeah, I mean It it, it, it looks at how The system would have affected The, the daily lives of a particular family Yeah And uh, not necessarily how that system Oppressed a, a, a group of people But its effect within its within the, Within a certain family structure And how it forced a mother to tell a son a lie to try and protect him. Yeah. When in actual fact, it, it made him become the exact same monster that she didn't want him to become. That 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 is really interesting. Uh, what relationships do the pair of you have with your fathers, if any at all? Because I mean, this is that's also the basis of the story, the the father son relationship that gets explored throughout the movie. Um. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, I'm, Devza, I'm, we know your dad is a businessman. Now we know. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, <laughs> I only started having a relationship with my dad properly when I was about seven, eight. Okay. You know, I mean, my recollection of him, I only knew him when I was about when I was seven. You know, I didn't know him before. I didn't even think I had a father at that time. And um, a proper relationship, I could say, when I when I started first year. Okay. That's when we became very close, you know. And yet he's last born, so I think that last born made him chill. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. I think yeah, when I did first, that's when I really became close to him. You know, yeah. Now we have a cool relationship now. Yeah, I think I think with as time goes on, our 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 our, our, our sort of um, what's the right word to use? Our yeah, I think I, I think our job is to make our relationships better. I've been very fortunate to have my father with me my my entire life. Mm. And his father a little less, and his father's father a little less. Um, and I think, and I think our job as men, besides bringing home money, is is to be there and to be present. Because there's a difference between being there in the same room as someone and being present. Yeah. And I think it's 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 a real mental block for 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 people of color. And when I say people of color, I, be, I speak specifically for colored and black people. Mm-hmm. To be present within within their relationships with their sons, yeah, um, because we have this idea that you need to be a man, you need to do your own thing, and I, I think presence is a really important thing, and that's I think what the both of us value in our relationships with our fathers. It did did well considering how you guys feel about um, the type of person a father should be, yeah. and you sp- specifically speaking about presence, is that something that you felt needed to be a part of the story? Because from what we can gather, it seems as if that seems to play a large part in the narrative of the story. Yeah, I think I think the void that is created by the non-presence of a father and, and, and sort of the gap that needs to be filled for the mother within that time in our country leaves our character feel, feeling very alienated. And, and, and a lot of times you'll find within township communities, both colored and black, when you have, when you have stuff like that happening... Kids get up to shit. They join gangs. They take yeah. drugs. They do cut. Yeah. And I think w- w- with, within the context of the Hangman film, our our character then goes and works in a prison system that hangs other black people, mm. which is just a which is just a visual translation of, of what happens when there's that void. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think we need to communicate more with our kids, man. For sure. Mm. For sure. Uh, how how does Kata then deal with? You know that turmoil because I mean that's that's a hard thing to to live with. Obviously, he's, he's already had the, the hatred or the dislike of his father, so it, it would make sense that would, he might consider that path. But then it gets more personal when he discovers that okay, this is close to home. I think <clears throat> I think the the way he deals with it is visually translated in the film through his relationship in the prison system um, and the relationship that he has. With his mother, who's ailing and dying, um, and 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 it's 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 a really skewed relationship. And I'm gonna use the example again: the the relationships of of young kids joining gangs versus Keta joining the prison system, and it's a sort of falsified brotherhood or fatherhood that 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 he that, that he gains from this place, where there's a clear power dynamic of who has power and who doesn't have power. Um, and, 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 and this is how he goes about living his life And when his father arrives at the prison And I don't, don't want to give too much away about the film um, <laughs> But he basically just goes on a rampage To sort of make his life 
hell for for not being there, and that's that then becomes the externalization of that void mm, um, through violence. Yeah, yeah, it kills you a lot. I mean, if you just think about it on a simple basis, you know, I mean, the identity you know, comes in. You know, as a man, who are you? As, as a, as, a, as a young man, you know, especially in catcher situation, you know, so that you go through the identity problem, you know, who are you, you know, um, and I mean, he torments his father, you know, he tortures his father in the prison system, you know, because his mother's sick as well, you know, so he blames him for everything, so everything that goes wrong in his life is because of his father, you know, so now we want to give away everything. The thing is, I I, I think it's it's such a it's it's such a different angle on things you know what i mean like when you add up all the different pieces that put together the movie yeah it's it it it's so interesting that you can't really just ask one question about it you yeah. can't it, it it hits so many different levels and i think that's what makes uh this movie unique from some of the other apartheid era type movies we've had and what do you say to people that have you know that have that nonchalant view on like not another apartheid Let's movie but they've watched tens of thousands of slave movies like what do you say to people like that self love man you know i know lots of people that say to me why another apartheid movie then you ask them what's your favorite movie they say the notebook yeah i mean i'm like ah chief you just answered yourself <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah because that movie is not about the big thing about the holocaust but it's about the people that were there people are falling in love at that time you know for sure people had relationships you know so how we, we we did it is that we just put this character this this family in that system that's all we did you know yeah yeah I, but I, people that have that view it's very difficult because of, what, Viewers are very subjective. Mm. Once you accept that as a filmmaker, I think you can sleep well at night. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Do what? Do you guys ever feel a bit bad when you hear reviews or whatever? Like when someone sees a clip or hears an audio or whatever about <laughs> the film and you listen and and they're like, you know what? If there's one movie I'm never going to watch, it's Hangman. You know? Please, I I welcome all of that. Yeah. At the end of the day, like it's. We're going through a process. I mean, we're all young people sitting in this room. To think that you're, you're, you're perfect would be... Or to think that everything that you're going to make, everyone's always going to like. I think that's a bit misguided and misinformed. So a, b- a big part of filmmaking is the process. And I gladly welcome someone to please tell me it's shit. Like, ah, but they must give us reasons. Yeah, I mean, well, with <laughs> reason as well. Uh, I mean. <laughs> now, this is a motion picture of visionary excellence. What is the what what is the plan for it? Where do you plan to take it to view it? You know what's the process? Okay, so so in a nutshell, I think uh, I spoke about it a little bit earlier on, but we are premiering the film next week Wednesday at Atlas Studios first Wednesday Film Club, and that's that's open to the public, so anybody can come. You just need to be there early. We have limited seating; it's two hundred and twenty-five tickets that we have to give away. Uh, for the first 225 people to come and then we'll be screening the film on the 9th of February at the uh, Olive Tree Theatre and that's in Alex Okay. Uh, as well as Kasi Movie Nights with Tapelo Mukwena in March, Soweto yeah. that's in March and then what we're also intending on doing with the film is then taking, on, taking it on a road show around the Gauteng province to different township communities both colored communities and black communities to show it within public spaces um, and then also to get insights from, from, from the people on the ground as to firstly what they think about the movie and then w- what movies they would like us to produce and where they'd like to watch those movies because um, it's, it's just not feasible for, for, for people from our hoods to go to stay Kineko anymore yeah and yeah. Like, yep you know, and, and it becomes that project where it's a research you know that's what we're doing with it you know, we're doing a lot of research because the biggest aim more than anything for us as an industry is to make sure people in the township have access to cinemas you know yeah and that's a that's a collective problem that we're all facing the film industry you know so we want to build cinemas in the township you know and this is just the journey of it this is like a 10-year plan 15-year plan you know so this becomes a research uh, document you know to I say think, it's possible i think it's really cool that you're taking the movie to the people um it's it's it's, it's it makes for a refreshing a refreshing change i won't lie um, let's let's talk about some of the actors that are part of the film, um, and maybe let me ask as well. When it came to, I know you have a casting director and all of that stuff, but no. uh, you didn't have a casting director. No. Okay. Well, I mean, I would have. It, it, 
That's why I'm going to stop assuming. <laughs> it's done. Assumption is no longer a part of my functions. Anyway, um, when it came to selecting the actors, why did you go with the actors that you did? Relationships, man. Yeah. Relationships, and then obviously a big part of acting is also chemistry. Um, and a really unique talent that I think uh, the directors Uz Weletu Khadebe has is the ability to feel people's honesty. Yeah. Uh, so, so from the get go, he already knew he, who he wanted to cast in the film when he was writing the script, and it was just a matter of engaging with those individuals, uh, both Tato Tladla, Lerato Nvelasi, and, and Kulu Skenjana, mm-hmm. uh, engaging with them, uh, briefing them on the characters, and getting them them on board, and, and and they came on board like that because they 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 were just so engaged with the sort of approach. We were taking in terms of the narrative we wanted to tell and how we located it, um, and it's 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 literally just it was it's it's all about relationships, man. Really dope, really dope. Um, had you know when when whenever people embark on such a journey, trying to put together a, a, a film, you don't always see eye to eye. Everyone, some people have this opinion, other people have that opinion. Um, considering you guys are, you know, you, 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 your company basically put the movie together. Yeah. Um, what were some of the challenges that you faced having to put everyone together and having to work for long periods of time, I would imagine, and yeah. trying to keep everyone to keep their core? Yeah, we faced a lot of challenges. I think for me, because I started the story as well in 2000, 2011, yeah. Yeah. And... That first script and this script are yeah, two different uh, scripts, you know. So we faced that, that challenge over the, the two years when we were working together of just it changing, you know. And we are normal fights. I want this character to do that. I yeah. to explain why he wanted his way as well. But ultimately, it was his decision, you know. Narmachi, uh, you know, arguing and fighting is normal. It's nothing new. Argue, yeah. fight, a minute later, it's done, you know. Some of the challenges, I would say, getting government on board, man. In terms of the Constitution Hill, man, we were so disappointed, you know, to know that there's a government facility. Let's just go shoot, you know, and we, the process was just law. Yeah. So that was like one of the most difficult things that we faced, you know, but we got through it, you know. Sure. 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 <laughs> All right. Um, when it's like w- with, with movies, man, there's a lot of misconceptions that people have uh, when it comes to the process. Of putting together a movie Everyone just thinks You write a script You pitch up We act Shoot <laughs> Done Finish um, What would be Some of the things You'd want people to understand When they watch the film Like the, the We don't necessarily Get a true gist Of the Blood, sweat and tears That goes into it Like What would you want Someone to Take away from the movie After watching I think I think that question requires two answers maybe and I think I want to just reverse engineer it and say that I wanted to be able to get to that point in our in our industry where it's it's literally a packaged deal where you can get a camera get a cast get a budget access because you have a really good story and you're a talented artist and you shoot your film and you put it on TV and you get paid money and then you make the next one and make that process much faster. It's taken us five years to make this thing happen the way we want it to happen Yeah. Uh, because, because our job is to sort of make that process a whole lot shorter and have people produce a short film and PR and market it and make money in three months and move on to the next project because we have to put bread on the table at the end of the day. For sure. Um, I think what people need to realize as well on the other end of it is that you need to be patient. And I know though that's a juxtaposition, but you need to have patience and understand that if, if you're really passionate about something that you're doing and you're doing it as, 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 as your job, then patience is required for, for you to be successful in anything. Um, and all I really want right now is just for people to watch the film. <laughs> so that they can tell me what they think about yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. How did, how does actually this film make you feel? I mean, I always speak about the film as being my child. Like I've, I've, I've watched it grow over the past five years in my own personal capacity, and I'm sure you feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time I watch it, I, I, I feel a different type of way. But, but it's, it's literally it. it it feels like a, a child that's grown up and, and now it's ready to be released into the world. 
for their consumption. So I'm I'm really proud because it's 100% owned by us. We own it. It's our intellectual property. It's it's it belongs to us. You know what I'm saying? So I'm really proud of that, and it's and it's a product that's proudly owned by Tribal Media House, and it's a product that's proudly owned by people of color. That's yep. dope. How how did you know when was the right time to let this child fly? Like in terms of shooting? Yeah. What, when when did you know this is it? We finally done. Now it's time to. Yo yo yo! <laughs> if I had to give you the schedule of the days that we put on to shoot, there was a lot of days. Eh? We were supposed to shoot in 2014. We didn't shoot. Then 2015, we didn't shoot. We had a we had a serious meeting where we fought. You know, I'm like, look. It's either we do the project or not, you know, then I'm out of it. You know? And I've been in it longer than everyone, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, you know, let's forget about it. Let's move on. Let's get another project, you know. And we, we, we called everyone, like all the HODs, you know. Because at the end of all the people that are involved in the movie, they're freelancers in the industry. Mm-hmm. So from your producers, your DOPs, they're all freelancers. We're like, guys, look, it's either we take this cap off, you agree, you don't agree, you not let's not make the movie, you know. And everyone after that meeting, like, ah, no, no, sirah, sirah, so shy, no, so shy, so shy, you know. And everyone took a, a month off. Yeah, our director, producer was a month off, and all that other departments, they took like three weeks off. And we're like, now it has to happen, you know. Because I think there was a little bit of fear, you know, that are we able to do it? I think there was another thing that was in our minds, you know, like, are we able to do it on the scale that, that the movie is at, you know? Because... You know, as a person of color, you always think that ah, I just deserve like those small Anyana movies, Ekasi stories, you know. Yeah. But once you made a decision to make a movie of this scale, when you have to start, it becomes a little bit difficult because you doubt yourself a little bit, you know. But on that day, we're like, we're doing it. We calendar up, then we did it. Uh, we've got a question here uh, on our WhatsApp line. Uh, it's from Trevor. He wants to know what part, uh, what role did Bobo play in the film? I don't know who Bobo is. Bobo? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trevor, Trevor, we don't know who Bobo is. Uh, Trevor, Bobo? I pirated copy of the headmanship. I mean, what do you mean? There's no Bobo here. What credits are that? I, okay, Trevor, please, please, uh, maybe uh, elaborate on your question. Yeah, use use first and second name. Don't send us nicknames yet, <laughs> yeah. and we don't know. Maybe when he's on on on, uh, on site and then he's there shooting the film, he's not Bobo. <laughs> Maybe he goes by a different name. Maybe he's just Bongani when he's at work. <laughs> when you're calling him Bobo, as if you are chilling at the corner, go kasi. As a plea, please, man. Hi, man. Don't play like that. Uh, I'm very happy that you've uh, seen through this piece, or you're seen seen through this piece of magic. Yeah. Because you talk about some of the challenges and some of the the, the years in between initially having it, conceptualizing and fighting for it, and now where you are. It must have been hella demoral, demoralizing in between, you know, because you, you, when you are the only one that sees your vision, understands it fully, mm. it's hard sometimes to let the other person into it, like, okay, this is what it's going to be. Mm. So, that, salute on that, man. Yeah, thank you. Um, as far as like, okay, we're done. You guys are finally done with this project. Well, not really done because you still have, have a lot of yeah. You still have a lot more work moving forward. Yeah. Once you guys finally put this to bed and you stretched it as far as you possibly can, mm. what's the next step? Where where is Tribal Media House going? Ooh, you know what's what's really interesting? We put into we put into the universe yesterday. Right. Um, but uh, after after watching some amazing VR uh, content, we'd actually like to do a VR experience of the Hangman. Okay, can you just um, uh, please please speak down vir- to us like virtual speak down. Yeah. reality? There so we go. <laughs> those 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 hey. goggles with the you put your phone in and then you can watch something. Yeah. Um, so that's that's something that's in the pipelines because as soon as we put it down, it manifests. That's that's the great thing about what it is that we do as, yeah. as, as creatives and as artists. I think other than that, in the in the in the next foreseeable like year or so, we're we're producing a thirteen part series uh, on Nombolo. the number gang called Nombolo. Yeah. Um, Can I audition? So much. Something. <laughs> Even if it's for one line. I'll pitch up on set and be like, hey, full time. 
right, a 13 part series, yeah? Yeah, we're doing a 13 part series on, on the number gang. Um, what else are we doing? All my Africa. Oh, so we've geez, been commissioned to shoot a show for Quested TV in March. Okay. Uh, we're going to about six African countries. Yeah. Uh, and then what else? Two reality shows for Mzanti Magic. So we can we can like four projects. That's really now. dope. Yeah, that is really cool, man. Um, okay, let's run back. Where can we watch the movie? When times dates? Okay, listen up. You can watch the film on the next week Wednesday. That's the first of February, and that's going to be at Atlas Studios First Wednesday Film Club. Okay. Uh, we, it's limited seating. There's only 225 seats available, so please come early. You need to be there about 7 o'clock. Uh, the following week, on the 9th of February, we will be in Alexandra, and that's at the Olive Tree Theater. Um, that will also be open to the public. It's free. It's just about giving you the content, so be there early as well. That one will be from about 6 o'clock. You'd need to be there. Um, and other than that, you can catch us on Facebook at The Hangman Film. Um, on Instagram at the Hangman Film and on Twitter at the Hangman Film. Please like or dislike our content and share it. Yeah, man. Uh, at KC underscore C says, I'm so gonna watch this film supporting local talent. Oh, we? Thank we, you. KC? Thank you. Uh, you know what? I, I feel like the revolution has begun uh, with with movies like these. It's it's only a matter of time up until they become the norm. Yep. Um, it's it's no longer going to be, uh, uh, you know, a drop in the ocean. It's going to become mm-hmm. the ocean. Uh, Gentle brothers, thank you so much for coming through. Uh, it's been it's been awesome having you guys in studio. Thanks for for the work that you do, man. I I feel like not enough of these kind of stories are being told, and they need to be told. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, we've seen Twelve Years a Slave. We've seen The Color Purple. We've seen all of those slave movies and wada wada. Yeah. It's it's about time that we start taking ownership of our stories and how we tell them. So thanks a lot for coming through, gentle brothers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man. Cliffcentral.com.